why don't we start it like this? Win a conference championship if you score in all likelihood. And perhaps the CFP, Jackson, trying to turn the corner, and he did not get there. Jaron McVay raced him to the pylon and made sure he came up inches short. No question about the call. He didn't get to the pylon. McVay in his 59th career game for Baylor with one of the big plays in the history of their football program. Episode 69 of the Duo Sports and Stuff Podcast. My name is Deontay Epps, joined by Dane Beasley, my ace, my guy, Dane. I promise you, this is not turning into the Baylor Sports no, Podcast. just the hell it is. Brian I promise you. It wasn't in the notes. I mean, wait, no, correction. It was at the top of the notes to talk about the Big 12 title game. So I, I expected that much, but to... Uh, Introduce the audio before our normal introduction is just just uh, a bit flamboyant, over the top, excessive. Why not? Flagrant. Why not? <laughs> Russell Westbrook, why not? Big 12 champs, man. You know, I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk my talk. Yeah, like, you didn't man. expect anything less of me, right? Do you, do I, you know look, me? I now, I now expect less of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man you know i had to you know i had to do it with my guy dame how you doing this evening my dude pretty good man pretty good some uh pretty good things in the works so i'm very excited very appreciative and just uh overall glad to be here another week to talk to you to talk to the homies that are listening or watching and then even the homies that are listening or watching weeks late Cause I'm sure that this yeah. is with this being episode 69 recorded like my on dad. December 8th. Yeah. Recorded on December 8th. I'm sure there'll be plenty of people that are listening to this for the first time in 2022, possibly some yeah. folks listening for the first time in 2023. So I'm appreciating everybody rocking with us and uh, I'm, I'm just glad to be here. How about you, man? How yeah. is your wetness day? Yeah. Wet wetness day was great, man. Uh, just taking it day by day, you know, mm-hmm. we talk often about the work, work life and, you know, things that we're trying to get through. Um, yeah. Just one of those days. But, you know, stay positive and pushing towards Christmas break. And so I'm looking forward to that in a week and a half. And also next week, Spider-Man No Way Home. Cool. Super the cool. Super the cool. Super the cool. It's going to be amazing. But yeah, man, just uh, ready to uh, sit down and pod with you. What we got on deck for episode 69 of the Duo Sports and Stuff podcast. Like I started the show off with the... I'm going to talk a little bit about the Big 12 title game if Dane allows me to. Oh, no, it's in the notes, Just, so I'm all, I'm all yeah, board. Uh, it, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. It's it in the notes, so it has to the be The first about. thing, and we typically spend only like, what, five, maybe five seconds on the first thing on the, on the agenda, so... Take it away, Deontay. You're five seconds. You have the floor. <laughs> no, no. I got I to gotta explain <laughs> no, Blake, what else we're going to talk about. <laughs> we're going to talk a little bit about the Big 12 title game. 
talk about the college football playoff matchups as well mm. as the rest of the New York's New Year's Six Bowls. The Heisman Day and the Heisman finalists were announced. Um, maybe mm. some snubs in there. Maybe, maybe some snubs. We'll talk <laughs> about it. We'll talk about it. We will talk about the uh, Mario Cristobal, Manny Diaz, Miami fiasco going on there, as well as some NIL news from the University of Texas. Interesting to kind of talk about Mm. that and what what their plans are, Dane. And then in Mm. our nerdy news segment, we're going to talk about Hawkeye episodes three and four. Last week, Sean, Sean on to talk about the Oklahoma Sooners and everything going on with Lincoln Riley. They did hire Brent Venables, and Sean is elated about that. So we'll yeah, see how that absolutely. goes for them. Yeah, for sure. So we didn't get to talk about uh, Hawkeye episode three. So we'll talk about three and four, which dropped today. And mm-hmm. then a little bit of Daredevil news, Dane. For Ooh. people that don't know, we'll save that for the nerdy news segment. Yeah. Yeah, Appreciate you if you're watching on YouTube as well. YouTube. Listening on Apple, Spotify, Apple, Spotify, all those digital streaming platforms. Mm-hmm. All right, Dan. I'll, I'll say my little spill about the Big 12, yeah. then we'll move Go on. Ahead, man. Big 12 champs. Big 12 champs. It was just me and no you. No other way bro. to say it. No, it's everybody listening. Look, our I hope Corinne will pop up in here and say, hey, man, keep it down. I'm watching my soaps. I really she's hope. Not, I hope really she's not here right now. <laughs> I'm going to come to the door. <laughs> Um, but take it away. Back ba- back in Arlington for for the Big Twelve Championship. <laughs> also, as we know, the last time I was at um, Cowboy Stadium, the Broncos uh, destroyed the, the Cowboys. Not, anyway, not Dane's gonna Flag- quit this. Yeah, Flag- Dane's gonna quit two. this podcast. Flagrant two. Go ahead. Flagrant two. I'm out. <laughs> but uh, back back to it, man. Couldn't ask for a better start for Baylor, getting out to a 21 to three lead, and then. Things got a little dicey, got a little close. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma State continued to fight um, despite Spencer Sanders doing what Spencer Sanders does, is giving up the ball multiple times. He oh. threw four picks. Uh, but they're on the defensive side for both teams, really, um, Baylor and Oklahoma State. There's my dog coming in. What's up, Matt? Uh, Oklahoma State and Baylor's defense were both just playing outstanding throughout the game despite – Baylor putting up those first 21 points in the first half, but I'm going to just go straight to the ending, man. Okay. Did you happen to watch that on TV at all, or did you just see the highlights on Twitter? No, I was watching a little bit of everything. Um, To my excitement, I watched, I think, from the third quarter on forward. See, the thing about it is, I have to, when it's not primarily my team, I can't watch it. Otherwise, the team that I would like to win will end up losing. So I always, anytime I have mm-hmm. a vested interest in a particular sports team, I always wait to watch the after halftime when there's a, a, a lead. I'll check into it on ESPN, you know, follow the box score. And then once I feel like it's a comfortable enough lead, I'll tune in. That's the reason why you guys started giving up buns on the lead that you had. So that's my <laughs> fault. Um, but it's, it's very true. Um, sports superstition stuff is very real, unfortunately. And for me, it's anytime I watch a game from start to finish that I'm not a particular fan of, the team that I root for always ends up losing. So my apologies to Baylor so, Nation. I was going to say the very few Baylor fans that listen to this podcast, Dane is the reason why we were pins and needles toward the end of the game. Yeah. And if you're watching <laughs> this, I have a Lakers hat on. And, I'm again, I'm letting you know the sports superstition 
anytime I wear anything associated with my team, my team loses the following game. So this this so recording when, when y'all next December game. <laughs> we're recording this on December eighth, and sure enough, the next Lakers game we are going to lose. It's just the way that it happens. It always does. I wanted to wear that versus my Sam Houston sweatshirt. Um, I oh wear yes, because I wanted yes. to show off. It was it, it, two things, and I'll let you get back to whatever you words you were talking about. I can't remember, but. I had my mm-hmm. Sam's sweatshirt that I was gonna wear, or my um, my Danny, my Team Danny T-shirt, uh, or my Team Danny sweatshirt from Survivor Season Forty One. Uh, for those of you who have a life, uh, I'll, well, well, most of you, all of you have a life, but for those of you who actually have a life and don't watch all that type of stuff, there's uh, Danny McRae, a former Dallas Cowboys um, safety. He's on there. Um, he's this is he's this is literally the last two episodes. This is yeah, I gotta, I gotta catch night, up, so. man. Um, I can't wear that sweatshirt tonight because if I wear it, then inevitably you he's gonna, gonna be off. Yeah. So I just got to look out for Danny, man. I'm trying to, man. I'm trying. So back to you. Sports superstitions are real. Of course, it's on. It's on record. A few weeks ago, no, a few weeks ago, a few months ago, I had a, I had a CD Lamb jersey on, and yeah, the, the results of that game yeah. speak for themselves, and it's very yeah. well documented. I don't know what it is. Every time I step foot in the freaking Cowboy Stadium, whatever team I'm rooting for ends up losing. I don't know. Maybe it's me. I'm just I don't know. But sorry. So it might be you, man. It is. And you let the record <laughs> show. Go ahead. Go ahead, Deontay. My bad. Apologies. No, to you're, you're great, man. Back to uh the Big Twelve title game. The the last play, well, the last excuse me, the drive before Baylor was up 21-13. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma State drove all the way down to the one yard line. Hmm. Could not get in one, two, three times and decided to kick a field goal. Hmm. Baylor could move the ball in the next possession, so Oklahoma State gets another opportunity. Mm-hmm. No timeouts with three minutes left, 90 yards to go to go, excuse me, to win the Big 12 and possibly get that fourth spot in the hmm. college football playoff. Hmm. Possibly. Oklahoma State drives. 89 yards. 89 yards. 89 yards. And mm-hmm. gets to the one yard line. And by that time, everybody mm-hmm. in the stands, I'm with, you know, the Baylor gang, and we're right in that particular end zone, Dane. And mm-hmm. we're deciding, debating, like, man, we should let them score, right? Like, we should let them score. They're on the one yard line. How many times do you see, like, not just one possession of a goal line stand, but you know, mm-hmm. the previous possession we had stopped them too. And we're like, man, why aren't we letting them score? We won't have enough time to go down the field and, you know, put up points and try to win the game. But when you really think about it, Baylor was up 21, excuse 21 to six at the half. Mm-hmm. And they didn't score anymore in the second half. Oklahoma state pretty much had Baylor in check in the second half. So they're, there is a very slim chance that Baylor would have drove down the field with no timeouts to win the game. So when you think about it, this obviously was the stand that needed to be made. Mm-hmm. And man, I tell you, it was, of course, Baylor, them stopping them one, two, three, four times, right? Right. Credit to the Baylor defense for that. But Huge. the play calling from Oklahoma State was very weird. Sus. Extra sus, to say the least. They... They they didn't have Jalen Warren, their star running back, and so they had the backup Jackson in. But your first team, all Big 12 quarterback, Spencer Sanders, is under center, and you don't give him an opportunity to, you know, 
put the ball in his hands and run it in. Like it was the same. <laughs> so, dive so what play, do you do in this play? play? What do you do in this play? Ah, I'm just gonna piss down my leg. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> your boy. But like, if, if even if you're Spencer Sanders, like, do you? Were you supposed to like change the call and like, hey, I'm the leader. I'm 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 gonna make the read here to pull the ball and win us the game. But I don't know. Whatever it is, they didn't do it, and we did. We won. The play the, though, uh, the, the sports, the play at the, the sports end. illustrated cover, like the the, the yeah. post, like that's gonna be when they when they yeah. do the you know the little spread. I'm sure there's a what's the the, the newspaper called on Waco? Uh, what is it? Oh, the some what tri- is the Waco Waco Tribune? Thank you, Waco Tribune. Okay, they're gonna have a full out spread of that whenever you know whatever success you guys end up having at the you know the end of this year. Or the, to conclude this year, that's going to be one of the highlight pictures of him, like you know, diving for the yeah. t- touchdown and you know coming. His up last short. name is uh, or his name is Jaron McVeigh, so they're already calling it the McPlay. <laughs> oh my god! Probably get NIL deal with McDonald's we, or something. Why do we? Why do we got to? Why y'all got to be so corny like this? They, they got to man. Mm. But it was to. a hell of a play, but hell but of for a play. those yeah. For those that did not see it, I mean, if you're not a sports you, fan, you got to watch the last five to seven minutes of that game. Last yeah. five to seven minutes of that game, it's that's college football in a nutshell. But fourth and fourth and goal, and if you if you're looking at the play, mm-hmm. uh, Terrell Bernard, Baylor's linebacker, is trying to call a timeout. Neither team has a timeout. Nope. And for some reason, the ref blows the whistle. Baylor has no timeouts. The clock, and like the clock Baylor's defense. Right? No, they, like they were trying to grant Baylor a timeout, mm-hmm. and then they realized Baylor didn't have any, so they like rushed everybody back on the field and reset the play clock. And then, like you could tell, Baylor's defense was scrambling. But you know, Oklahoma State they hand it off, and their running back is literally he is there, like all he shedding has to, do, to he the just, corner. He timed it so badly, like, and it's not his fault. It's, yeah, Jenelin's probably throwing everything off, but yeah. Didn't have the speed to get to the corner. I feel yeah. like if he'd have made like one little hesitation or yeah. move, maybe he could have got in there. But a, he's a slight, like, a slight high step, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, stretch for the end zone, and man, when I tell you, Dane, I, I thought he scored. Like from where y'all was sitting at, from where y'all was sitting at, there's no way you would have been able to tell if he scored or not. Right. There's no way. So if everybody at home, play, we could see. Like we could. Oh, okay, yeah, that's good. Uh, okay. At when, home, we when, could when the play happened, bro. Mm-hmm. Baylor fans cheered and Oklahoma State fans cheered. Like, you couldn't, like, everybody's cheering. Like, ha, ha. And then when the ref is like, you know, he does the, eh, to mark the ball at the one, it's like, wow, we really, really made that stop. And so, Big 12 champions for the third time in school history, tied with the University of Texas for all you Longhorn fans. Yes, we are tied with you for the most Big 12, or second most Big 12 champions, championships. In history. Mm. Just wanted to say that in my Baylor segment. The 15-minute segment. This is not a Baylor podcast. Just had to let it out there. What a game. On to the Sugar Bowl against Ole Miss in New Orleans on January 1st, which will be a hell of a matchup against Lane Kiffin, uh, Matt Corral, who we thought, or I thought, would have been a Heisman candidate, but we'll get to that in a second, Dane. Um and then the uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) are you surprised by the top four so we have alabama at one am i right okay 
Uh, hold on, let me see if I get this right. Yes, yeah, excuse me. Alabama you. at one, mm-hmm. Michigan at two, Georgia at three, Cincinnati at four. So our semifinal matchup in the Cotton Bowl, AT and T, Alabama versus Cincinnati, and then our other semifinal matchup in the Orange Bowl is between Michigan and Georgia, and the national championship will be played at Lucas Oil Stadium, where the Colts play on January tenth. So our top four: Alabama, Michigan, Georgia, and Cincinnati. Is that right? So, a few things. Bama beats Georgia in the SEC championship, which a few people who picked Georgia to to win got it wrong. Unfortunately, I wasn't one of those people. I was too. Yeah, no, 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 you got it wrong. I got it right. Dame B got it right. You got it wrong. You did? You picked Bama? I did pick Bama. I, I got the wrong Smart score. Man. I said Bama about three on this very podcast, Deontay. Smart man. Episode 68. Check it out. Yeah, check it out. So it's the only one that got all of my picks right, by the way. Just throwing that out there again. Anywho, here's the issue. You want some, you want good games across the board. You want fairness. In fairness, Georgia should have dropped to number four. Cincy should have went to number three. But with Bama going to number one and Michigan going to number two, that's not a favorable matchup in terms of TV viewership. What do I mean by that? People are going to watch it, yes. But the issue is more people would watch that game in a national championship matchup. The Bama versus Georgia rematch. More people would tune into that on the national stage for all the marbles than they would versus the first for the first game. Nobody's going to, nobody's going to deny that, but the committee being the committee, they know that money runs this whole entire org or capitalism drives this whole entire situation. So what they're going to do is the games are going to be hyped up. The first round game is going to be hyped up because we all know that we want to see the rematch. Right. And in my point of view, it's unfair it's literally is going to be unfair whoever plays Alabama and it's unfair whoever Cincinnati plays for, for whoever plays versus Cincinnati. So I don't think anybody would have wanted to see Cincinnati versus Michigan. However, there's an opportunity for both of those games to happen or for that game to happen. Now, I don't know what the money line would be for that. And whoever is brave enough to put up that type of money to, you know, in a situation where somehow, we get the Bearcats. Both those teams win. Yeah. yeah, like I don't see it happening, but we've seen some crazy stuff this year. Um, <laughs> but I think anybody, if, if you're a betting man, your money is probably going to be Bama versus Georgia in, in the national championship game. But yeah. they, I think for the most part, they got it right if you're talking about the best matchups. Yes. Mm-hmm. For the best teams or this makes the most logical sense, I don't think so. But that's just me. Right. Yeah, I think it kind of played, like, all the chaos that we talked about last week that could happen, it it didn't go that way. Um, The most chaotic thing was Bama beating Georgia, but we all knew when that happened what was going to happen, right? Georgia was still going to be in the playoff. Yeah, it was going to be a rematch. At the end of the day, it was going to be a rematch. Right. And, you know, with Oklahoma State falling to Baylor in the Big 12 championship, Mm -hmm. that that solidified Cincinnati. And what's crazy, Cincinnati went undefeated. They knocked off Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. At um, home. I mean, they, yeah, at, I, Notre, yeah, Dame's at Notre Dame. So that was. Right. 
And so for them to have to depend on Oklahoma State still falling, Mm -hmm. that's kind of weird, right? Right. And so you see a lot of people clamoring for We've been clamoring for uh, an expansion of the playoff because situations like these. I mean, I don't know if – did you see Kirk Herbstreit's tweet? No, about people about? complaining he he said he, it was like along the gist of hey seven years of people complaining about a power five or a group of five team getting in um now one has gotten in i don't hear y'all crying now but what he what the tweet fails to what he's failing to realize is that the only reason that happened is because of is because team. oklahoma's yeah. Right. They had to depend on someone. It was like it wasn't clear cut that they were going to be in there. Like right. they sat at four. They never went up to one. They never, you know, like, like the committee was waiting for anything to happen for them to get pulled out. Yeah, and like, absolutely. And what Cincinnati went undefeated last year, if I'm not mistaken, and they weren't in the playoffs. So it took them two years of undefeated being undefeated to get in. That's just ridiculous. But that, I mean, speaks, I think that regard- speaks to the bigger issue. They're, the the yeah. playoff format should be expanded. So one-off situations like this don't happen. You don't have to rely on other teams to win when you're undefeated. That makes mm-hmm. no sense, regardless yeah. of what conference you're in. You're the best. Right. And if you're the best team in your conference, you should be able to represent your conference in some short, in some sort of fashion with seeding purposes. But right. It's an and they're like, format. it's not like they play cupcakes. Like, I mean, no. they just they, they beat Notre they Dame, play, who's what ranked fifth, and they play, yeah. and like you can see, they beat Houston in the uh, conference championship. Houston was ranked right, and so like, I mean, they had games. It's it's, it's games. ridiculous, right? It's, and it's so I hope ridiculous. It's getting very ridiculous. <laughs> we we know they're going against the juggernaut Alabama, but man, it'd be nice to you know at least see them keep this game close into the fourth quarter. Um, I'm not gonna say they're gonna win it, but hell, mm-hmm. why not? Like. Wouldn't that be some kind of parody? All the parody we talked uh, about over the past few see or past few weeks in college football in the NFL. You know, everybody's beating everybody in the NFL. Facts. Wouldn't that be something to have like something crazy like that to happen where Cincinnati can pull it off? Uh, yeah, Luke Fickle can pull some magic out of his hat and have these guys at the end. You know, what I'm saying at the very end against. A Michigan team. How cool would that be? I'm like, I love in this situations where we've seen the Georgias every year. Mm-hmm. We've seen the Bamas every year. Like, man, let's see Cincinnati. Let's see Michigan. Let's see some teams that, you know, especially Cincinnati that haven't been on this stage. Right. Um, try to try to win a big or excuse me, a uh national championship, especially with Cincinnati now heading to the Big Twelve in a few years. So that'd be cool. Mm. Uh, the other bowl matchups, Dane, New Year's Six bowl matchups in the Peach Bowl. We got Michigan State against Pittsburgh, and we got to talk about that uh, Kenny Pickett play, man. Before, oh, yeah, before we even get to the bro, come on, it was it was a dope play. But I ask you right now, should that be, or I won't say a penalty, but should he be considered down if should he does a fake slide? Yeah. Considering all the stuff about protecting quarterbacks and say, you know, a safety comes and cleans his clock when he really does slide. Like, hey, man, like if I let up, he going to fake slide. You know what I'm saying? That's that's crazy. That's a hell of a play by Kenny Pickett, you know, taking advantage. You know what I'm saying? But what what you think about that? It's one of those uh, sneaky Bill Belichick moves where it's it's right inside the coloring of the lines of the, the rule book. So this this particular situation, I'm um. 
I'm on the fence about this one. Uh, yeah. I haven't picked a clear side because this one, it's it's so it's in great territory. On it is hand, rare. Like on, on one hand, I love Kenny Pickett. I am excited for whatever team you know picks him up. He's going to be a mid first round guy. He's got some damn good tape out there, and we have seen some very athletic and dope explosive plays this year from quarterbacks in, in terms of college football and the NFL. But you just don't see plays like that. Um, how everybody, of course, you know, you're always preached or coaches always preach to you, play to the whistle, play to the whistle. You always play to the whistle. And the players did the right thing in terms of making sure that they don't go too far and then potentially getting a penalty and tacking on additional 15 yards for, you know, some silly. And then, of course, potentially getting thrown out of the game for a targeting call. So mm-hmm. they did the right thing. It's just what type of precedent does it, you know, does it start? And then at the same time, as a, who's going to like, who's going to be against something like that? Like, I, I, I don't know. It's just a, it's, it's a tough one to deal with because you want to protect the players. You want to make sure that everyone's safe and everyone's conducting themselves in such a manner that's not only good for the viewers, but also good for the players. But at the same time, I don't think, I don't think you can, I don't know how you can officiate that. I don't know how yeah. you can rule that out, but as much as refs are getting scrutinized as it is, yeah, like for them man. to another, it's like another thing for them to deal with. Not to say that they're out the woods for right. different calls that they make, but that's just something else to think about um, down the line. I was listening a little bit to the. I don't know if you ever listened to a Dane the Inside the Garage podcast with mm-hmm. the Notre Dame players on the Volume Network. Yeah, it was dope, and they discussed, huh? Yes, yeah, I said yeah, it's dope. Yeah, they discussed this this very same play, and uh, Kyle Hamilton was actually like the Kyle Hamilton, probably the number one. The Kyle Hamilton, the number one. uh, If I'm a betting man, I'd say top ten. He's top five talent, but the position itself, you know, he's a do it all safety. So, you know, I ain't did in a while, Dane. What's that? You breaking down these these prospects? Let me let me get your drop. It's time. For General Homeboy! Shout out to Keith. When we get to the the draft, the offseason, we'll, we'll, we'll get to bring that drop back more often, mm-hmm. but uh, Kyle Hamilton was basically saying he loved the play and he doesn't think it should be a... Because their debate was, should it be a flag? which I think is kind of taking it too far. But I, I would go and lean towards it, Blown him head. consider being, yeah, down. Yeah. Um, just because if you want to protect the players or quarterbacks, um, you That's want to, about. yeah, go <laughs> like like y'all been doing with the personal fouls and, you know, everything like that. Right. If, if you don't call that down, I mean, when they really do slide, you're going to see somebody try to take somebody, his head off because they're like, if I let up. Broke. Right. So just another uh, another thing to kind of think about in the future. But Michigan State, Pittsburgh in the Peach Bowl in Atlanta on December 30th. Notre Dame, like we just mentioned, number five in the college football playoff rankings on January 1st. Take on Big 12 runner up Oklahoma State Mm -hmm. in the Rose Bowl. Dan, your Buckeyes, Ohio State takes on the, the Pac-12 champions. Ohio State. Utah Utes, the Ohio State University the Ohio taking State. on 
Utah in the Rose Bowl. And then, as we mentioned on the top of the pod, Baylor, Big 12 champions, taking on Ole Miss in the Sugar Bowl. Man, that is going to be a great game on January 1st, nightcap. Um, Out of these matchups, Dame, um, which one do you think is, um, how could I say it, just like jumps out to you? What What are you most excited to watch out of these matchups? Which game? Is this a bait question or is this a real question? Because I can, I can okay. answer this one Without, of two ways. You can't, you can't pick Ohio State. How about that? So I can pick Utah then. See, I can't talk about Ohio State. But I the Ohio State, State game, fool. Because Utah, <laughs> well, I mean, it's a Utah game too, though. And Utah has some damn good players on that defense. So the linebacker is probably going to go top 15. Off-ball okay. linebacker. Talk about it. Damn good. Okay, anyways, my bad. I'll, I'll pick some. For the sake of this conversation, I will pick someone else. Um... I would mention the Orange Bowl because we have Michigan, which has some amazing guys on defense, um, two dominant edge rushers, one of which has Heisman hopes, ill. And then, of course, your Georgia defense, which we talked to talked about in great detail during the last podcast. I'm not going to I'm not going to go there, but I think uh, for me, at least, hmm. I'd have to go, you know, no, yeah, I'm sticking with that. I'm sticking with that, the the Orange Bowl. Only because okay. we're going to see, it's going to me, in my opinion, it's going to be a low-scoring game. And the only reason why it'll be a high-scoring game, it'll be a landslide blowout. Going Wait, in. which game? The Orange Bowl? Or did you, you want Orange to Orange Bowl or Peach Bowl? Oh, you meant you went to the semifinal matchups. My bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. I, mean, I can ahead. talk about I can I can talk like I said, I can talk about that one, but it's kinda like a cheat not a cheat, but we've already pretty much yeah went over that. I got but you. For the sake of I got you. I mean, I just there's nothing that in, impresses me about the I mean The New Year's Kenneth, Six matchups. Yeah, I mean Kenneth Walker I mean, yeah. you know, I I'm gonna let you handle this one. I'm gonna let you handle this one because if I talk I'm gonna go about with the Rose Bowl. I'm a homer, and I—I I mean, honestly, I know I put you in a box. I apologize. I should just let you be free, man. Yeah, it's cool. What am I doing, putting Dane in a box? Who am I? Shackling me up. Man. Who am I? <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with if I if if we're going strictly off the New Year's Six Bowls and not mm-hmm. the semifinal matchups. I'm gonna go with the uh, Notre Dame Oklahoma State game, mm-hmm. uh, just because. Um, I I I, th- I think petty. what no 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 not petty y'all not petty well maybe a little bit of yeah, petty bit. you already got the last laugh so seeing Notre Dame beat well, up on Oklahoma State would probably be like just music to your ears even more yeah uh, well one one other reason is because I uh, a few weeks ago I think before we played Texas Tech they had Baylor playing Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl. And I was really excited about that because I thought that would have been a great matchup. Um, right. Two tough defenses going at it. Two um, religious schools going at it. Uh, Holy War so Part like 2. Okay. Um, yeah, and so I'm kind of interested to see how Notre Dame or Oklahoma State match up against each other and see, like, kind of imagine how Baylor would match up with Notre Dame too. So um, one thing for sure, Spencer Sanders has got to – Take care of the ball. Snap out of it. He's a junior <laughs> now. Like, 
and the way back. he plays, he's got to go back and see you. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> without a doubt. But the way he plays is like, like, dang, this dude's a three-year starter. Like you wouldn't think of it. And going against that Notre Dame defense, man, they they don't play. Like they have range, range. And so uh, I, I think Notre Dame does win this game pretty comfortably. But it'll be interesting to see how. Um, just those two teams play and match up with one another. So I'll go with that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we had mentioned earlier, brother, about the Heisman candidates, finalists that were named on December 6th. Mm-hmm. Alabama quarterback Bryce Young, Michigan Deserve defensive end Aiden Hutchinson, Pittsburgh mm-hmm. quarterback Kenny Pickett, Kenny Pickett. And Ohio State quarterback CJ Houdain. <laughs> For some of those, uh, Illiterate folks, CJ Strood. <laughs> what you thinking? CJ Strood. CJ Strood. Uh, I, I personally, I think um, the performance that Bryce Young kind of put on. I, we had talked it's, about it's it last his. week, it's right? We had talked about it last week, right? With Sean, yeah. we talked about how man he's balling. Don't know who who is uh, stepping forward? Like that was last week's argument on the podcast, right. but. When their C title game championship weekend came, Bryce Young just went crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of see why he was a five star quarterback coming in, right? He's put his team on the back, making plays um, through his, you know, with his feet and through the air. And so, I think we both agree Bryce Young will take this award home on Saturday, Dane. But what about the guys that didn't? Get the call that won't be in New York on Saturday. And this is my wife calling. Oh, do you think? Just take a minute to pause. Let it breathe. Hey, baby, I am recording the podcast. Huh? Anything on my way home? Uh, no. Tell her to get a large fry. <laughs> She's going to like that. Her look. Once again, she makes an appearance. Um, that has to be the intro. Anybody that. You- yeah. <laughs> hey, baby, I'm on a podcast. Do you need to think about it? That's love okay. right there. Because not only does yeah, she, man. you know, just check in with you before she comes home, but she understands. Look, she she understands the situation, the situational mm-hmm. awareness that your wife displays right now is just phenomenal, over the top. I mean, awareness dra- on ninety nine. draft stock, the draft stock is going through the roof right now. <laughs> I mean, you just you won't find a better decision maker than her. Not in this yeah. draft. I don't think. Not period. In this but shout out, shout out to Karina. Shout out to Karina. Shout out to Love Karina. you, baby. Um, um, but yeah, dang, guys that did not get the call that won't be there on Saturday for the presentation that you think should be there. I just for me, I just say guy. Um, the one guy, and obviously, uh, I'd be I'm selfish in the sense that I want, and I talked about this last week, or we talked about this last week. I want to see a defensive player win the Heisman, which is not going to happen because the Heisman as of very recently, within the last 10 or 15 years, has been an offensive player award, specifically a quarterback award. Excuse me. But it is a complete travesty, and we might see a bunch of things that play here. And in, in general, homeboy is going to break it down for you. A few things that play here as to why Will Anderson is not making the trip. Will Anderson Jr., of course, he's an edge rusher slash linebacker. He's, he's got his hand in the dirt. Or, you know, he can rush you from a two-point stand. He is Alabama's MVP. Now, obviously, you know, 
your quarterback is always Bryce Young. Your quarterback is always going to be your your most valuable player. He goes down, everything changes. But for the sake of what we have seen from Bama for the past fifteen or so years, has been excellence across the board on defense. The anchor for this year is no one other than Will Anderson. He is left off the ballot. I understand because there is a such thing as voter fatigue. We've seen this happen with many greats across many sports over many years, and it's been a debate. It's going to continue being a debate. We've seen it happen with LeBron James. It's all happened with Kobe Bryant, Kevin Durant. It's probably going to happen to Giannis in a few few more seasons. People are going to get tired of, okay, see somebody else, you know, Steph Curry, the list goes on. Voter fatigue is a real thing. It's not so much as me as a fan, I don't care. If you're the best player, you should be rewarded as such. It doesn't matter how many times you want it. At, at that point, you decide to remove a person just for the simple fact that the association that they have with an organization continues to be on the ballot. That gets political, and that's wrong because you're penalizing a particular person because of the success of an organization or program, and that is exactly what's happening. And people want to say what they want to say about, oh, well, you can't say that because Bryce Young's on the Bryce Young is phenomenal. And the fact that what he did or is doing as a freaking freshman. Wait. Yeah, it's pretty damn good. Yeah, it's fresh. Okay, I'm sorry. I had a brain fart. I was like, wait, no, he's a sophomore. Um, <laughs> but that, again, goes back, it goes back to show, like, he's playing as well. Like, wait a minute. Is he, is he really a freshman? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and the thing about it is, you say, well, you're going to add Will Anderson. Will Anderson, who are you going to take off? It's easy. <laughs> it's very easy. It's very easy, and I'm not hating, but just keeping it buck. If you look at Aiden Hutchinson's tape and you look at Will Anderson's tape, one of those guys is going to jump out to you more than the other. And the crazy thing about it is with 10 other ballers on that Alabama defense, it's very hard or very hard. It shouldn't be this easy for another player to stand out based on how many, you know, five and four star recruits and how many amazing players that, you know, start on that defense. But Hutchinson is an amazing person and this is nothing to discredit him, but it's not even close. And I hate to say it, but you can go look at the stats, the sacks, tackles for losses, uh, just the overall impact, the the get off, the explosion, it's there. Like, is he's just a better player. You won't see better production from any other edge rusher, period. But, again, this just goes back to a bias that's going to hurt Alabama football, specifically defense. And – I don't say that was the last thing, but one other thing, like we talk about plenty of other times or last week, we talked about a few guys that, you know, who you could possibly see is winning the Heisman as a defensive player in, in previous years. You know, we talked about Dominican Sue and them amazing, amazing stat line production that he had in Nebraska. It's Nebraska, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, he had a sing- didn't they have a single digit number? No, he no he didn't. I'm joking. All right, whatever. Anyway, Wait, who are we talking about? Dom Kazoo. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Dom, what was his number in college? Was it like was it like a single five. digit? Five? Was it a single was digit? Five. I don't know. I think I'm making it up. Okay. Now anyway, I gotta look it up. No, he was ninety three. So now I gotta look it up. Yeah, because now it's bothering me. Was he a single digit in college? Nah. No, Randy Gregory is a single yeah. digit in college. He was number four. Oh, you already looked it up? No, no, no. I'm just in my head. I'm 93. He was 93. 93. Okay, 93. Wow. I'm thinking of Randy Gregory. My bad. Um, but anyways, Aaron Donald, a pit, what he was doing, 
at the at his size was impressive. You know, him being a you know pretty much a hair over six foot and just solid two eighty five, maybe two eighty pound defensive tackle lining up all over the defensive line wrecking havoc. Um, and then of course, recently, of course, again, no bias. Chase Young. We saw what Chase Young did when he was when he was Ohio State in just a few short games because of a bogus ass suspension that he had to serve, whatever. But we've seen players, quote unquote, generational talent, and then we see this year we see you know Will Anderson and what he put up on tape, uh, what tape he put out. It, it's pretty impressive, but it is what it is. I'm going to watch both of these guys. I don't care. They're not going to be available when Dallas picks. But if Dallas somehow is able to pick, I don't care which one of those guys. I want right. I want one of them on my team. Rushing, you know, off the edge, opposite of Tank or Randy Gregory or Michael Parsons, whichever. But I, it, they are dope as hell. I got to watch um, Aiden single-handedly disrupt and, and kill all hopes that – I had of my Ohio State Buckeyes making it to the championship, which I, you know, <laughs> I, I saw that happen. But I appreciate I, one thing I'm going to do. I'm going to appreciate greatness, and that's that's what I saw. But if I got my pick, uh, it's going to be Will Anderson. But unfortunately, that's that's not the world that we live in today, and it's a trap. Yeah. Rant over, rant over. I think if I had to pick, I'd maybe pick. Maybe I mean I know he wasn't going to. Not be nobody but... from Baylor. No, Kenneth Walker III from Michigan State. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, uh, end, that ended versus that, uh, his that last... Ohio State game. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, they could have, you know, at least invited a guy. He was yeah. leading the, the nation in rushing yards and touchdowns, so you would think he at least got an invite. But He's still going high. For the most, He's still right, going high. For the most part, I think uh, we both agree Bryce Young is going to take, take this one home. Um, we also mentioned so on He's last so episode – Huh? He's so good, bro. Like Ooh. he has it in his mind. Walker. Oh no, well, Walker oh, too. Yeah. But it's just such a young age. The the maturity that we see from this guy in the pocket, like knowing that he has 10, 15 yards in front of him to take off running, and he simply just, I want to be a passer. Like that is going to take him so far. Yeah. And and what's so crazy? Not to cut you off, but no, no, you good, you good. Listen, listen, and watching mm-hmm. our podcast. Just take a take a moment to to watch and listen to his podcast, which is also under Colin Cowher's network. This mm-hmm. guy is just snagging all the talent, but he's very smart, mature. Like mm-hmm. that comes off immediately when you when you listen the, to the him intangibles. And you're right. Like you're like, dang, this dude's 19 years old. Like you wouldn't think, you know, that you think he'd be like a seasoned vet, maybe a rookie, second year in NFL. Not to say his talent is there but the way he speaks the way he talks oh, um it's the way he carries himself you know what I'm it's a few dudes in this in college right now that are underclassmen that are not draft eligible that could easily not easily that could start or play and have some some pretty you know some pretty decent stats in the nfl uh bryce being one of them in my opinion um old buddy from georgia is the other one um tight end um, you know what I'm talking about too. Uh, what's his name? I mean, not Thibodeau. Um, God dang, what's old buddy's name? The freshman. Again, I can't remember dude's name. Had to look him up. Brock Bowers. Mm. That 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 is a grown ass man. That is a grown ass man. Somehow, yeah, 
anyway, that he can start. He can start an NFL at tight end today, literally, like legit. Yeah. Anyways, my bad. Back to what you're saying. Sorry, I was getting excited again. I forgot what I was saying. I'm um, so sorry. Apologize. So mature. You talking about no, no. Podcast and how mature oh yeah, he yeah. He's very mature and he carries himself. You know. Like a quarterback, like a leader, all the intangible stuff that you like to see from your quarterback kind of thing. <laughs> he has it. Um, and you know, he's he's probably gonna take take the Heisman trophy home on Saturday. Um, we mentioned also Dane on the last podcast when we had Sean on about the coaching carousel and everything going crazy. crazy. And that carousel continued to turn since our last episode. Mario Cristobal leaving Oregon to head back to his home taking over the University of Miami, which, you know, good for him. But, you know, Miami had a coach at the time, right? Manny Diaz was still the coach for University of Miami when, you know, the so-called hiring happened. You know, things don't really are supposed to happen like that, and it did. It was was an ugly kind of setup. so bad. He was on the road recruiting apparently when he got the news. Which, wow. just imagine, dude. You, you, you. There's no way that you cannot hear about it, like on the social media. Like, hey, they're gonna hire somebody for your job. Like, <laughs> for, imagine for, for reference, if anybody needs a, a good analogy, you. So, look, boom, you, you in you a relationship. Got, yep. You, you in a relationship, possibly <laughs> married, you, and you out <laughs> at the grocery store. You know. Getting food, you know, to cook, to surprise your lady for dinner. You about to come home and cook. You have, she has no idea you're at the store. You get a call from her. It's like, oh, baby, uh, while you're gone, I ended up meeting somebody else. Don't come home. Huh? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> that, like, like, that's legit what happened. Like, yeah. It's, it's, it's dirty macking, man. Like, it's messed up. And the fact that you and I and everybody else that has a Twitter is able to see this play out. Do you know yeah. hours ahead? Like it's so messed up, but I couldn't take my eyes away from it. Right. It's foul, bro. And like if they do that to him, what you think they're gonna do to you when you come home or you got a bunch of three win seasons or you know, a yeah. bunch of situations That's... where you don't take them where you're supposed to go? Like nothing surprises me now, man. What no. we've seen with the Lincoln Riley situation, Brian Kelly, totally different situations, right. but that just goes to show Sucker move. how how in 2021, like anything is possible. Like anything is possible. Your coach can wake man. up tomorrow and be like, bro, I'm done. Bro, I'm going to NFL. Bro, I'm doing this. Right. And so what's so interesting about it is Manny Diaz, how Manny Diaz got to the University of Miami for people that don't remember. Uh Manny Diaz was hired as the Temple head coach back in December of 2018. Mm -hmm. Um, And then at that point, or at that time, Mark Rick was the Miami coach. He decided to retire. Mm -hmm. And then that same night, Miami went and got Manny Diaz. And so Temple, he he was at, he was Temple's head coach for like 18 days. And so a lot of people were, you know, people love to bring up, yeah, a lot of people love to bring up receipts. And so when my uh, Manny Diaz had came out and said, you know, how he felt wrong, people, of course, brought up this situation. What which, about Temple? How do you feel about that? Right. Care to comment which about that? His, his situation, oh, that you know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what about the time you, you left Temple to go to Miami? 
He was well, like, that was different. Oh, that was different. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know what movie recording, it's Friday. So Yes. Yes. The show. Yes, I mean, not man. the show. The movie Friday. Not like, oh, today is Friday. No. The movie oh, recording. The show. The, the, the movie. <laughs> the movie. The movie. The movie. But the movie. To, to, to go along with that, Dane, just it's like expect the unexpected and everything that goes on in the world of sports, like now more than ever. Um, and to go along with the, the crystal ball news, Kayvon Thibodeau announced that he was heading to the league, which is not a surprise, but the Mario crystal ball news kind of, you know, it's like, all right, I'm, I'm dipping out of here, yeah, which rightfully so he's a uh, easily top three, top five pick in the draft. Yeah, he's going. Um, he's only a sophomore, red shirt sophomore, I believe. Oh, so he get paid. He gonna he yeah stay healthy. He he, 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 he d- yeah nice that boy good. <laughs> yeah, defensive end good. for for those that don't know, Kayvon Thibodeau. A lot of good defensive ends. We talking about a lot of good defensive yeah. ends. A lot of them. Him, a lot. Long names too. All three of them. <laughs> My top three <laughs> defensive ends all got long last names. <laughs> yeah, man. Okay. Yeah. Last our last story in the in the college football segment, Dan, a new NIL program will pay each Texas offensive lineman fifty thousand dollars a year. Fifty bones, my boy. Fifty thousand dollars. Let's let's get into it, man. What are we what are we talking about? So horns with heart. Yeah. Oh, you got it. Oh no, yeah, no, go ahead, go ahead, bro. Oh, no, no, I, okay. I was just gonna read the article. No, I'm gonna read the article. Okay, bad, 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 bad. I'm gonna read the article. I'm gonna let you spit. <laughs> All right. Horns with Heart, a nonprofit charity organization, will provide every scholarship offensive lineman at Texas with $50,000 annually as part of a new NIL program, the latest in a series of launches by Longhorn supporters that likely will spur a new type of arms race in college sports. I think we talked a little bit about this when we talked about the NIL, Dane. Mm-hmm. The program, appropriately named the Pancake Factory, that's a cool name, by the way. <laughs> For offensive line, <laughs> will be the dopest right. <laughs> will be the first of its kind. It will support a football position group for players to participate in charitable endeavors. It will begin August 1st, 1st 2022, with a total of $800,000 annual embark for the offensive line sponsorship. So, Dane, first thoughts, man. First off, desperate. That's all I got to say. Well, you can think about it two ways. It's imagine like the little demon guy on your shoulder and the little angel dude on your shoulder. It's like, man, that's awful. How could they use such a loophole like this to try to bring and recruit talent? And the other guy's like, well, Texas has been in a rut for a while. This would not only bring your best offensive lineman to this university, but also if I know that they're going to be, let's hypothetically speaking, if the five best linemen in the United States of America or the five best collegiate linemen come to one university, who's that also going to bring here? The best quarterbacks possible. So not only oh, – well, and there's a third part to that. Pancakes. Who the hell doesn't love pancakes? Like, we were going through cleaning out stuff in the kitchen because we're getting ready to move in a few months. And my wife was like, you still want this waffle maker? I'm like, and I know it's not a pancake, but still, it's essentially the same thing. But who the hell doesn't love pancakes? So, I mean, call it what you want, but somebody's paying you, or you, it literally, you're going to be a salaried employee, essentially, $50,000 for 18, 19, 20-year-olds. Who's gonna, who the hell's going to say no to that? And that's not, that's just on, that's on top of everything else that you're getting. So it's like, 
that's it's dope. But at the same time, I can see how people could turn their nose up to it. Um, still, it doesn't mean Texas is back, so please don't start saying that crap. But at the same time, it does mean that we're we're seeing some very creative, uh, some very creative ways that these entities are choosing to compensate these players, which is long overdue. So shout out to the players getting that cheddar. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going to see some pretty is amazing it, and creative ways, but go ahead, Deontay, what you got? Man, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking as you're talking about it and I'm like, if you're, if you're Texas, of course, like we always say to the players, get, get paid young get brother, your money. Get, 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 your get your money. And then if I'm Texas, I'm like, what else? I mean, like, why not if you're Texas, right? right? Take advantage of any opportunity that you can. You know, NCAA is not governing these things, which now they're trying to do so. Nobody's listening to NCAA. Right. But to, to an, another point is, like, Texas hasn't produced – I think that – I couldn't find the article, but they haven't produced, like, a legit offensive line prospect, like, that got drafted in the top Connor Williams three or four picks. Guy. And right. That's okay. Yeah. Round, that's a second round dude. Other than that, they ain't done. Right. They 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 haven't wow. produced any offensive linemen. Right. It's and so your time. pitch to a recruit is, hey man, we're gonna get you to the league, and then the the offensive lineman go look with who? All you got is Connor Williams, right? Okay. They need another any other advantage that they can pitch to these recruits to be like, hey, you should come here for this. Like they the NFL route or you know, developing you to become an NFL offensive lineman isn't the way to go now because y'all y'all ain't sending these linemen to the league like that. You know what I'm saying? So I think from from their their um viewpoint, they're trying to, you know, take advantage of anything and everything that they can to get the guys there, whatever it takes. And so um salute to them, man. I mean the pancake factory is a hell of a name. Like who would want to go there if you're offensive alignment besides the fact that you may not go to the league, okay. but you're going to get paid. So, fun fact for you. You ready for this? Drop it on me, bro. What name did we talk about not too long ago? Is it super common? And we was like, man, I wonder if the, I wonder if some of these dudes is related. Mike Williams. Oh. We talked about, oh, yeah. that was the last offensive lineman from the university of Texas to get drafted in the first round. Mike Williams. Yeah. Back in what year was that? 2002. Exactly. So I, that's what I thank you, Dane. It's a long thank time. You, Dane. Pick number four, by the way, but that's still a long time. So like, for, for those I, that are listening, Longhorn fans included, mm-hmm. 2002 was the last time a Texas offensive lineman was drafted in the first round. So if you're Texas, you can't tell recruits we'll get you drafted in the first round, but you can tell recruits we'll get you paid at the pancake factory. Why not? <laughs> we can, Why look, not? If we can guarantee you, you can get drafted in the second round. We got Connor Williams, and they take a long pause, and then the recruiters like waiting for them to say something else, and they're drawing a blank because they can't remember any other players that have been drafted uh, in the second round. Uh, yeah, but, but anyways, you, you're absolutely right. That's the that's the pitch. You don't got to sell them yeah. pretty much anything else, but. It's think just, they just you think they go to recruit's <laughs> house and just you know their mom done cook the the recruit's mom done cooked them a good ass meal. They sit down at the table. The coach just brings up two bags of money and just drops it there. <laughs> and then he slides over a plate of pancakes. Yeah, this could, be, this, could this all could be yours. This could this be, be you. 
But you're playing. Hey, man, Texas, salute. Do do what you can because Baylor's catching up on you. Oh, my gosh. We caught you. Three big twitch. All right. Next segment. (laughs) What's that sound? Nerdy news segment. Shout music. Shout out to Keith. Shout out to Keith. Uh, episodes three and four, we will talk about today. Last episode of the Dual Sports and Stuff podcast, we had our guy Sean on. Didn't get to talk about episode three, so we'll talk about three and four Jeez. of Hawkeye. Only two episodes left, Dane. And remember, next week we got episode five and. Spider-Man No Way Home in theaters. Going to be a crazy week next week for Marvel fans, man. I am. I'm ex- I'm so excited. And, Dane, you got your tickets already, right? I think we talked about this. Yes. Yes. yes you seen it Thursday? We're seeing it Saturday um, because. Oh, no, bro. No. No, no. I can't see it Thursday, man. One, it's just the wife has to work. On the following Friday or the Friday after, I don't have to work that Friday, but my wife does. Yeah. Childcare just gets a little convoluted. Yeah, we tried I to see something bro. for Friday, but everything was just it was it was too late. So, so I know late. you 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 are very great at this. So avoiding you spoilers. know you can't. Yeah, you can't even open your phone, bro. I can <laughs> now. Only got only thing I gotta avoid is I have two separate timelines on Twitter now. The main timeline. Okay. And then the other timeline is just strictly cowboy stuff. So anytime I don't want to walk into any spoilers with Yellowstone, uh, I think the cowboy stuff Marvel, is still dangerous, bro. No, it's not. Not I, Deontay. Did I, you mute everything Spider Man No Way Home related? No, no, Did you no. Mute I the... only followed cowboys related. What if? What if? What if one of the cowboy? No, no, no. Not like players. Accounts, tweet. Not players. Not accounts. This is specifically writers. Different podcasts. What if they see the movie? It, it hasn't happened, Deontay. And oh here's God, the thing. Dang. Here's the thing. Risky, bro. Here's, it's not risky, Deontay. It's not risky because uh, one, I'm also avoiding Google. Because you're gonna you're gonna text me. You'll say, man, such and such writer. This is fail proof. I've te- I've tested right. this with y'all. Like I said, with Yellowstone, with Insecure, with uh hawkeye like i i have found hey, this no is loopers. spider-man though bro everybody I in the world is seeing this <laughs> what Everybody's i'm telling what i'm telling you is right. fail proof it can't go wrong uh, and it's only 24 hours bro i'm gonna be home on friday the, the game or excuse me the game the movie drops thursday i'm seeing it thursday so that's gonna be 48 hours before Good you job, Deontay. still my I'm point saying, still stands i'm scared for you why, why are you being scared, man? You pl- you're playing like one of these. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's pray for Dane and Nisi that they don't get spoiled on this movie. No spoilers, man. Uh, we good. Hawkeye, we good. and spoiler alert for those who have not seen episodes three and four of Hawkeye. Episode three, 
Dane kind of goes into the backstory of the mysterious character we saw at the end of episode two, which comes out to be Maya Lopez, that she's deaf, and you go through her childhood, and it kind of mirrors what we saw from episode one of Kate Bishop's childhood mm-hmm. and how she was raised. Um, we see that Maya is very smart at a young age. She's very talented. She's trained in um, like this young martial arts kind of deal. We see that her dad was a part of the uh, tracksuit mafia mm-hmm. and seems like he has some money troubles as well. And he ends up getting killed by what we think is Ronan or somebody dressed as Ronan. We're still not sure about that yet. Um, there's mention of an uncle, which Ooh. they do not show who the uncle is, but he's wearing a suit and he wears the cuff link. It's like a character that we met in Netflix's Daredevil. And he goes by the name of Kingpin. So, we don't know yet. Something to think about. Um, And then also in episode three, towards the end of episode three, I believe, it's it's kind of fuzzy in my memory, but I believe Hawkeye and Kate Bishop go to her mother's house to try to, actually they do break into the mother's like Mm -hmm. security company or whatever to try to find out some information. End of episode three. Um, yes. Yes. And it ends with Hawkeye getting pointed at with the uh, the sword by Jack Duquette. Yes. So episode three ends like that. Um, episode four uh, kind of comes out and picks up where episode three left off with um, Hawkeye, Kate Bishop, Kate's mom, and then Jack all sitting at the dinner table, mm-hmm. which Dane, the mom is shady as hell. I don't know who she is exactly or who she works for. Maybe a connection to what we may think is Kingpin coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but she seems pretty shady and questioning Hawkeye mentioning, uh, Natasha Romanoff's death, which, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of stuck it to Hawkeye there. Mm-hmm. And then one thing I forgot to mention in Hawkeye or episode three was the legit car chase scene with the continuous spinning camera. That part was dope, along with my favorite part of episode three with the Pym arrow that made the other arrow big and uh, exploded on the bridge. Um, And then towards the end of episode four, uh, Natasha's sister that we met in Black Widow, Yelena, pops up. And if if you remember what happened at the end of Black Widow, the movie, um, the... uh, Elias. What what was old girl's name in the purple in the post credit scene of Falcon and the Winter Soldier as well as Black Widow? Ah, oh, uh, what's her name? About, um, something about Elaine. What is her name? <laughs> yes, <laughs> talking about Elaine. No, her name is Elaine from Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, Elaine. <laughs> Elaine from Seinfeld. Now she in the MCU. She's playing this shady character. At the end of Black Widow, the movie, she popped up and told. Mm-hmm. Yelena, that hey, this person killed your sister, and it, we saw that it was uh, Clint dressed up in the Ronan outfit. This is lying, right? So at the uh, the end of uh, episode four, Yelena pops up, and they are all going at it um, on top of the roof, and then right. uh, we're finally unveiled to see that it's Yelena, and weirdly enough, she just hops off. Hops off the building. That so. was the last person I thought who it was, bro. I was like, who the hell could this other person be? And I was like, maybe she yeah. has some sort of long lost clone twin sister or something. Like, I was like, okay, no, mm-hmm. that doesn't make any sense. Because I'm fighting that, her right uh, now. 
Doesn't Florence Pugh look like, uh, at least at that part, she looked like Hayden Pantier? A little bit. Save the cheerleader. Save the cheerleader, save the world. But yeah, that's a quick, I know I kind of went through that pretty fast, but that's the gist of episode three and four. You see a lot of character building between Kate Bishop and Clint um, in episode four as well. Um, The connection kind of building between those two. But I think overall, Dane, episode four kind of serves as like the uh, setup for what's to come in you know we we know some big time action coming because you know we got two episodes left you know so with the mc shows that we've seen so far is going to go down speaking of big time action episodes one and two were phenomenal but episode three in terms of action that was a movie that yeah was they movie. turned it up yeah they, they did turn it up but i think we're going to be led into your classic bait and switch by marvel what do i mean by that so two theories and i might be getting ahead of myself but Echo, we we have mentions of her who this uncle, this hidden shadowy figure is going to be. We have no idea, but of course, early preliminary, especially from you, because I wasn't thinking about it. But we've been led to believe it could be Wilson Fisk, the uh, kingpin. Um, but also, you have to remember. I mean, it, with sticking to the source material, that could be correct because in the comics, Echo is adopted by kingpin. And or mm-hmm. when her father dies, so it's it's likely that he is her similar her uncle. Um, but we've also known Marvel to lead us on to think it's one thing, and then it's a, it's something else. So there's you know other theories floating around there. The uncle could end up being Jack instead of Fisk. That's that could also be a thing. But the mom, Kay's mom, she hiding some. Yeah. And it, it might be the identity of whoever this person is or ends up being, I don't know, or of course it could be just Marvel doing a fantastic job of misleading the viewers again, but I don't know. Yeah. You know, like there's still, I mean, we have a lot of time left with these two episodes, but there's still like a lot of unanswered questions. Um, like who killed Jack's uncle in episode mm-hmm. one, the old guy. Um, what is the watch? What is that watch? You know what I'm oh, talking about? The Avengers thought, compound watch? Who, I thought who it was is, just a, a link to his family in some some way, some some way, shape, or form. Like whose family? You talking about the watch, right? The watch that Clinton was they were trying to find, right? The, event, the Rolex. From Avengers it was from Avengers Compound. Right. Right. So And so Clint said in episode four, he said it could hurt. It could expose somebody close to me. He said that in ex- this past episode. I don't know if you so heard. I thought it, it was referring to the- his family. Exactly, but I mean, at Avengers Compound, like who who in his family would have a watch at Avengers Compound? The watch, you know what be, I'm saying? Well, that that part it it it, it had me thinking. Like, I don't know if it's misdirection from Clint himself, but I'm like, dang, I like. Clint's I immediately not thought the full it was truth about it though. Yeah. So it could be a misdirection from Clint or it could be a misdirection from Marvel. Us getting so caught up in the significance of this watch. And then of course at the end of the day, it's not gonna be anything. We you know, we've seen I hope play so many times. Yeah, we have. We have. Yeah, man. Um yeah, two more episodes left, but I think these these next two episodes, like what's crazy, 
we haven't really been exposed to like the real villain yet, right? With with two episodes left, like in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Well, explicitly, like we know case in point right there that that person is a villain. Case in point with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, right? We knew the villain was. Yeah, we did. We did. (laughs) Uh, Loki. Well, in Loki, we really didn't know. I did. Anyway, time, time was the villain in Loki. Time was the villain. <laughs> time was the villain. But yeah, I think it's still going to be a lot of more twists and turns when when it comes to first in these next two episodes. Anything else that jumps out to you? Um, I like the. I don't like the trope that they're going with though in episode four with. We're not, <laughs> we're not partners. We're not teammates. We're not anything. I don't want to ever see you again. And they go their separate ways. And then in the they middle, come back together in the middle of the <laughs> last two minutes, somebody comes out of nowhere to save. Somebody's like, "I told you, I'd never leave you." Type of situation. Like, I'm so tired of that little trope. Like, it was so obvious that that was going to happen. It had to be something. But and you know they're going to be partners and team up anyway. Yeah, and absolutely. I think that's why this episode was like kind of trying to build that last bit of camaraderie before they, you know, have to really, really take down the big bad or whoever that may be. But um excited to see how this show finishes up in the next two weeks. And of course, like we mentioned, Spider-Man No Way Home is going to be dropping next week. So a lot of Marvel content for you uh MCU heads like us. And then a little bit more Dane content excuse me, news drop for MCU fans. Kevin Feige himself said this in an interview, and this is coming from Entertainment, or EW. One of the greatest superheroes of Hell's Kitchen is returning to the Marvel Universe, and although we might not know... Well, this is what the article says. (laughs) And although we might not know when that return will happen, we do not... Or we do know that we can expect a familiar face... Marvel Boss confirms Charlie Cox will return as Daredevil. Boy, Tony During Roman. an interview with Cinema Blend, <laughs> Kevin Feige confirmed in the most Kevin Feige way possible that fans would see the character of Daredevil in future projects. More importantly, he confirmed that the actor playing Matt Murdock would indeed be Charlie Cox, who previously played the character from 2015 20 to 2018 on Marvel's Daredevil series. Dane, you immediately texted me and said, you got to go watch the series again, which... I said, is it on Netflix? And you said, I don't care where it's at. I will watch it immediately. And uh, it is on Netflix, by the way, for those that do want to watch it. And, yeah, I might have to do that ASAP, bro, because he could be coming in the next project, you know. So when you I, – I think this was kind of a rumor that was in the air for a while, but it's cool to see that he's actually coming back and maybe some of those other characters in that universe or from that show, Kingpin, maybe, um, Bring in me this Daredevil. show. Daredevil. Kingpin, Punisher, and I'm satisfied. You don't have to bring anybody yeah. else. I'm okay. You bring me those three, we good. Yeah. Especially especially right. Kingpin, because the layers... And the actors... You mean yeah. like the actors that yeah, yeah, played yeah, them, yeah. though, yeah, right? Like, my, my okay. Bad, my bad. My John bad. Bernthal. Yeah, and, I got you. Um, Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah. Yeah. Because D'Onofrio, he, he can act... I mean, he's got range. Like, mm-hmm. the... Was it, was it Law and Order? No. I don't know what show you talking about back in the day. What show he yeah, was on? I think I it was Law and Order. Let me double check. 
Yeah, Law and Order. Law and Order, back in the day, I mean, but, yeah, so they, they yeah, we're we, we going to see. And we, they know the fans would go crazy bringing those three back. For me, at least, well, bringing those other two back. We're bring, we bringing Charlie back. And that's really, that's already enough for me because he, right. he, that was Matt Murdock, like legit, you know. Right. So. And every, I mean, we know Spider-Man No Way Home is going to be a multiverse movie mm-hmm. and low-key explore the multiverse and we know like this is the part of the MCU that we're in now and on that level. So it's easy to bring back old characters. It's easy to bring back old people that we're familiar with and merge kind of everything that we've seen thus far and make it one, not continuous timeline, but like a web where everything is no pun intended, <laughs> where everything is kind of connected in a sense. So um excited definitely for this news that um Charlie Cox is daredevil. And I think Dane will continue to see the, I think he'll continue to, when I say he, Kevin Feige, continue to drop these pieces. Um, like, yeah. Trinkets. Well, yeah. <laughs> he, he's coming back. He's coming back. They're coming back. And so, uh, yeah, man, excited to uh, check out episodes five and six of Hawkeye and, of course, Spider-Man No Way Home. And Dane, episode 69 in the books. Anything you want to say before we get out of here? No, no, man. Appreciate y'all for rocking with us, man. Like, um, it, it really means a lot, you know, just to have not only a loyal fan base like this, but our day ones. We have relatives, mm-hmm. close friends, people that we do life with that actively participate by listening in this podcast and watching it. So that, of course, that means the world, bro. Um, we can't say enough. Um, to the ladies and the men that watch our content and support us. So shout out to y'all. Shout out to Deontay. Um, And uh, yeah, man, I like sports and that's it. (laughs) (laughs) I like sports and that's it. (laughs) You know they made fun of him? But no, dang, dang, you hit it. Right, right on the head there, man. Appreciate everybody that's rocking with us. Day ones, day 50s, day 100s. Um, rocking with us since the trailer to episode 69. We're now on. Dang, we about to be in the 70s, man. That's crazy. Thanks. Two years in this thing and wouldn't want to do it with anyone else, man. So I appreciate you like always. So what now? Episode 60. 69- I said I appreciate you like always. Oh, I just said something else before that. My bad, man. Oh, nah, man. <laughs> episode 69 of the duo sports and stuff podcast if you're watching thank you youtube thank you for watching us if you're listening on apple spotify apple google Podcasts, <laughs> apple spotify google Podcasts, all that stuff we appreciate you deontay Epps, dane beasley the duo yeah the duo